You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of Building Report. Joining me is so one of my favorite guests, uh, Josh Pate uh, from the Lake King, joins us today to talk a little Auburn football. Josh, it's midseason. Uh, Auburn had a bye week, so they had a time to take. Uh, they had some time to take a look at some things. Uh, what's your assessment of Hugh Freeze's first uh, five games here at Auburn and, and the job that he's doing? Um, I guess, Mike, if you if you put it on paper in August, they they haven't lost anything they should have won. They they haven't won anything that America thinks they should have lost. So I guess on paper, it's kind of gone the way it quote unquote should. I think when you get Georgia on the ropes, it hurts to to sort of let them off the hook a little bit. At least you made their best players beat you. So mm-hmm. there is that. Um, I, I think the one thing that I've taken away so far that's a positive – well, two things that are positive signs for the future. Number one, this staff has shown they can acquire talent. So that's a long-term thing. But number two, inside this season, when you looked as bad as you looked against Texas A&M, mm-hmm. what you want to see, even if it's not in a winning effort, for future purposes, what you want to see is a response. You want to see it from the players. You want to see it from the staff. And so they came back home, faced Georgia, and the response was one that had a team that's won back-to-back titles on the ropes there in the fourth quarter. You certainly harnessed the home field energy. They'll always have that as long as they play Auburn football down there. Um, I think that staff feels in some ways they're about two cycles away from having a championship-caliber roster, probably another cycle away from having a truly competitive roster in those sorts of environments over the span of a season, not one given Saturday. So there's there's stuff to like if you know what you're looking for. If all you do is worship the record, even in year one, I, I, you may be disappointed. I think most people who are watching this understand there's several layers, especially in a year one rebuild. And the other thing, uh, we, do, we were down there a couple of weeks ago and just kind of talked to some of the staff, some of the folks behind the scenes, They're very brutally honest about what they inherited. They don't make excuses for it. They don't even ask you off the record to treat us with kid gloves. You know what? Go apologize for us. Carry water for us. None of that. Uh, If if anything, it's the exact opposite. It's say whatever you need to say about us right now. We get it. We know where we are right now. But there's also a confidence in the very next breath in that building down there in where they're headed. There's no doubt about it. In other words, there's no fingers crossed. Let's hope we get there. They know how to get there. They've done it before. Mm. I say they because it's more than just Hugh Freeze that's there. And um, I, I honestly, I don't have a lot of doubt that they'll end up there. I just I hope people have patience and I think they will. Uh, Josh, you and I have had the quarterback discussion before. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for a few years uh, with you. Um, let's talk to me about quarterback. They brought in Peyton Thorne. Um, you know, the results have been underwhelming. I don't want to say he's been under. I want to say the results have been underwhelming at quarterback. Um, you know, if you're Hugh Freeze, what do you do here if you don't have your quarterback for next year on a roster? Do you go to the portal and look for another stud or do you roll 
the dice on one of the high-profile freshmen that you're bringing in, like Walker White, in the next recruiting cycle? Well, I think you can do both. I think that I would give I, – I, first off, <clears throat> if I go out in the portal – which I would do. So that's my answer. I would go via the portal Mm -hmm. and I would get the best option out there. I would also tell my true freshman, I'm going to give you every opportunity to win this job. And if you don't win the job because I bring someone else in, it's not the end of the world. Like Drew Aller at Penn State is a perfect example right now of a Mm -hmm. kid who sat one year and is now got both hands on the wheel of a top 10 team. And I'm sure he hasn't complained a second about the fact that he didn't start as a true freshman, but also It's the best of both worlds. If I go get a high-profile transfer, he comes in and he gets beat out by my true freshman. That means I have a stud Dante Moore-esque true freshman on my hands. And if he doesn't, I've got a true freshman over here that I know is going to be big one day, sort of waiting in the oven because I did bring in a guy out of the transfer portal that Mm. was good enough. I would absolutely go to the portal. I know that we're still early on, Mike. We're kind of early enough in the portal era where people kind of look at that when you say, I'm going to go get a quarterback out of the portal, and they go, eh. And especially at Auburn, since you got Peyton Thorne and he hasn't lit the world on fire, that'll be a, eh, eh, again? Well, yeah. Peyton Thorne's not the caliber quarterback we're talking about here. He was just what was available. This next cycle, we're talking about going and getting a legit premier you know, dude that can lead and carry an offense. If he's there, I'd absolutely go after him. Uh, Do you think with the results on the field, though, that they can attract that sort of quarterback to come play in the system? I mean, you know, Hugh Freeze talked a lot about the talent gap, you know, this offseason between him and the top of the conference. Um, There was a feeling, you know, uh, internally by some and and by some fans that, you know, hey, we've got some talent to win about six or seven games this year. Right. Um, they won five last year in, in a season where they fired the coach midseason. Um, you know, the rest of the schedule pans out a little difficult. Uh, you know, what do they have to show on the field? Uh, we talked to you about this once and you had told us that the messaging should be we need, you know, like it's not good because we don't have you yet. You yep. know, however, proof of concept is still important to put on the field to show recruits what they'll be playing in. And, you know, if I'm a receiver, do you have somebody who can get me the ball? Uh, you know, something I, I know recruits, they talk to each other about it these days. You know, what do they have to accomplish over the back half of this season on the field to make sure they can secure those players that you're talking about? Nothing. Uh, that's why it's very important to remember this is not a rookie staff. It's not a guy in mm. Hugh Freeze that's at his first spot. And actually, although you you certainly never want to be underwhelming on the field, he's going to find a way what, however poor their record ends up being, he's actually going to be able to package that for good because he doesn't have to go in a kid's home like you and I talked about a couple of months ago and just say, hey, we're bad on the field right now. We need players like you because then we can be good on the field. It doesn't end there with Hugh Freeze. It's, it's you say all that, then there's a dot, 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 next line. Then you say, and the way I know that is look at this season, this season, this season in my past. Look at this player at your position, that player at your position in my past. You don't have to doubt. It's not like I've forgotten how to do what I did at Ole Miss. The proof is there. The proof of concept's there. He just hasn't done it with an AU on his chest yet. That's all. And so if anyone thinks that things are possible at Ole Miss that aren't possible at Auburn, they know nothing about the sport, almost to the point where he doesn't even have to vocalize that. You just kind of get it. Like players, parents, they get – if he did this at Ole Miss, 
they'll fill in the blanks themselves. Hugh Freeze doesn't have to say it. Absolutely, he can do it at Auburn. And if I am a, a high-profile slot receiver, if I am a quarterback, if I am a running back, I, I will absolutely look at that guy and say, wait, so this dude's done it before. He he wants me. I, I could be one of the first in the door there. So there's probably going to be immediate playing time available. And also, I could be part of the face of a class that turns this team around and this program around. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's attractive there that, frankly, I don't even know that has to be put into word. I think it's felt, I think it's seen, and I'm sure they will say it, but mm. if I got half a decent head on my shoulders, I see that stuff without them even having to preach it to me. Mm. Josh, you have been on absolute fire lately predicting teams to cover the spread or not make the spread or win or lose. Uh, I talked to you. I saw you actually before the Georgia game, you know, and you still like, I like, I like these guys, I like Auburn to cover. Uh, they absolutely did that. Uh, I, Followed the clown show, which was the Notre Dame prediction. <laughs> Notre Dame fans came after you in mass after you said, I think the wrong team may be favored here versus Louisville. And uh, not only uh, did Louisville cover, they won. <laughs> they won by 13 points. Uh, Auburn's next opponent is LSU. Let me get you on the record here. What is the outcome of this game based on what you've seen from both teams? LSU uh, brings in statistically the worst defense in the conference. Um, They are dead last in yards allowed per game in rushing yards allowed per game. They're 13th in passing yards allowed per game and they're 13th in points allowed per game. Um, What, you know, what can a struggling Auburn offense do against the worst defense in the league? But also, you know, what can a good defense do against, you know, Heisman contender, Jaden Daniels? You know, I'm always interested when, when you get these kind of scheduling spots. So Auburn LSU is one of them. Also, AM is going to Tennessee and AM's coming off a dog fight and Tennessee's rested. Mm. And in that case, AM's got to go there. AM's like oh in their last seven on the road. Tennessee's 12 and 0 in their last 12 at home. So that's a little external dynamic special for you. Uh really, Mike, what I was doing was killing time so I could pull up my projections here. All right. So let's see, let's see, just out of curiosity, what the old computer thinks. Um Computer leans LSU to win and cover. So that's before I will tell you, that's before we put the situationals in. Like there is no Auburn bye week that's baked into that. That's just team versus team. So what I was going to say anyway was I'm always interested when a team comes out of a bye and I'm doubly interested in it in the first year Mm. that the staff is there. Or if you have a first year coordinator, um, Auburn has all of the above. The reason is. A lot of times you get into fall camp and you've you've installed what you think will stick against the wall. And then you get into week one, two, three, four, and you're sitting there in your staff meetings and you say, I wish we could do this. I wish we could try that. And there's this bucket that sort of fills up on the edge of the table. And in that bucket is stuff you intend to address once you get to the bye week. Once you finally get to get your head above water and you get to breathe a little bit, you get fresh oxygen in the lungs before you go back down for the rest of the season. Sometimes teams look the exact same. Sometimes there are new things. There are wrinkles. There are personnel moves. Dudes just get healthy. And so sometimes you get a little shot out of a cannon effect coming out of the bye week. Um, you counter that, though, with the fact that you go to LSU, and that's a team that has no margin for error. What's funny is LSU has been written off nationally. And they got one conference loss. So yes. they control their destiny still in the West. Now, it may seem unlikely, and I'll grant you that. But 
they don't know that. Like they think they're still very much alive, which they should feel. They are at home. You get the night game down there. Those people think networks conspire against them regularly to deny them night home games. So they get one. It'll be a tough task. But I will say this. You're making any changes you make or any wrinkles you implement offensively at the right time because you're facing the right secondary because there are points to be had and plays to be had. I just question, you know, what does Jaden Daniels have? I look forward to watching him against Auburn's defense because, you know, mm-hmm. no one's moving the ball easily on Auburn. No. That will not happen. And so that'll be a really, really good fight, just individual matchup on matchup fight there. Mm. Uh, the spread's 11 and a half. Uh, so forgive me if I missed it, but you you like Auburn to cover or? Um, so before I've plugged anything else in, uh, it, I so this computer, don't blame me, blame the computer. <laughs> computer would like LSU to cover. Mike, I've gone, famously, I've gone against this computer a time or two this year. Okay. And I'm undefeated against the computer and the okay. computer's rolling. So it's like a finer filter I put on things. Uh, I think we're going to predict that game Thursday though. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll definitely be watching uh, to, to to see what you guys predict there. I know Auburn fans will be tuned in. Uh, they love your show. Uh, Josh, uh, let, let's talk about, you know, how Auburn, the rest of Auburn's schedule pro- projects. Um, they do get Alabama at home. Uh, you know, that game tends to be crazy when nobody thinks it's going to be anything, especially when it's on the plains. Um, they've got Arkansas left on the schedule. They've got Vandy. Um, they've got, uh, whew, They've got New some Mexico. SEC, New Mexico State, right? They've got go. New Mexico there State go. going. Um, talk to me about how the rest of this schedule projects for them. Um, you, you know, they've got seven games left to show something, right? Uh, now, I know you said that, you know, Hugh Freeze may not have to focus on record in year one, but certainly the folks on the planes would like to see a decent record down the stretch. Um, you know, how do you project the last seven games of this schedule? Yeah, so let's look past the LSU game for a second. I'm not discounting it as a certain loss, but that's a game where you got to have some stuff go right for you to win it. And I think mm-hmm. everyone understands that, but that stretch coming up that three game stretch, really it's a four game stretch yep. where you, you get old, you get the two Mississippi schools at home. Oh, sorry. Hiccup. That's the sweet spot. Like that's, that's where you really want to springboard yourself, have a good showing at LSU, whether it's a win or a loss, have a good showing down there and then put it together against Ole Miss, Mississippi state, you get to have Vandy as one of your road games. Mm. They should go win that game. And then they go to Arkansas. Um, and Arkansas, at, at that point, that late in the year, who knows what they are. So there's a four-game stretch coming up, uh, really five if you count New Mexico State, where you're, you're either favored or you got every reason in the world to expect to win the game. And that yeah, yeah. will be what defines the season. And that's before we get to the Iron Bowl. So the Iron Bowl, I almost look at is that's the final chapter of the book. I, I want to get the story here. The story of Auburn's book this year is going to be written over the next month or so. Mm. Uh, yeah, that stretch, uh, you know, uh, the October slate, uh, Brian Harson famously lost every game in October. Yep. <laughs> it's first year. Right. Uh, and so I think fans will be looking for a little bit of a turnaround there. Um, Josh, I want to thank you for joining me today to talk a little Auburn football before we get out of here, tell people where they can, I know you're not hard to find. But still tell people still tell people where they can find you, your work and the things that you're doing. Yeah, some would say I'm way too easy to find, Mike. Um, not, no, I appreciate it. Appreciate you always having me on. It was good to see you a couple of weeks ago. So um, if anyone's interested, we do, we do sort of a national version that's kind of flavored like Mike does Auburn football. And you can go find it uh, late kick on YouTube, late kick anywhere you get your podcasts, you uh, at 
late kick Josh on the social channel. So if you want it, it's wherever you want to find it. We make our show available wherever you happen to be. So you don't have to go seek it out on some platform you otherwise never use. Guys, that's it for another great edition of Building Rapport. If you want more content like this, please hit like and subscribe. We are The War Report on every social media platform. TW Report on TikTok. We're signing off. And as always, War Eagle.